If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. What's going on, everybody? Shorter episode of The Big Thing today, but nonetheless, an episode of The Big Thing today. And there's some stuff to talk about for sure. Creed 3 annihilates at the box office, has one of the biggest openings, if not the biggest opening for the franchise in general, making over $100 million worldwide. Um, Daredevil and Penguin start shooting. The Incredible Hulk might actually be coming back to the MCU, or sorry, as far as Marvel ownership goes, I should say. Like, what are you talking about? He's always been there. The actual ownership for a solo movie could be coming, as well as Namor, if this percentage of the Hulu deal goes through. We'll talk about that a little bit. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles has a new teaser trailer. The Flash, there was a synopsis that came out. I'll give you a couple more details about the plot itself. And, um, you know, that and more on the show today. So... If you're brand new to the show and never been here before, show a little bit of class, will you? Just announce. That's all we're asking for. Subscribe to the channel. We're almost at 70,000 subscribers. It costs you absolutely nothing. Spotify. People love this show on Spotify. I get a lot of notifications when it doesn't post on Spotify right away. So that's because we're doing video now on Spotify. But if you'd like to listen to us as well, Apple Podcasts, that's also very helpful. Make sure you rate and review. Get yourself... Some merch, man. Sith Council. Big thing. Capes and cows. All of it and more. And I want to see you guys wearing it when we go on the live show. We'll be doing that for sure. Patreon.com slash The Big Thing Show. Got a lot of great things happening as well. The rewatches, the Q&As, all of that. A lot of interaction with a lot of people that I've gotten to meet over there. And that's pretty great. So thank you to everybody over there who is joining us. Now you see the new angle. We'll talk about that because we've been doing a lot of live streaming. So I wanted to promote the angle that we use for the live stream and maybe when i do solo shows i'll probably use this angle more so for when i use the other angle when i'm talking to some peeps um and that's really uh that's really it man as far as everything that we got set up i also want to let you guys know that we are sponsored by carbon health i'm excited to be working with carbon health have been working with carbon health for a while you guys know that and they're they're really just spectacular i love them and i'll tell you why carbon health is known for its 120 locations that handles urgent care, COVID, RSV, flu testing, vaccinations. But what you should be looking to also is how they're expanding their primary care services that include Connected Health. What is Connected Health? Well, it's the idea that our health isn't just about our bodies, but also our minds. Carbon Health providers come connected with mental health specialists as well. Carbon Health has expanded these services in 2023. If you're in Massachusetts, you can access the Connected Care. It's now expanded from California to Massachusetts. Carbon Health, excellent urgent care and testing center, but don't sleep on their primary care services. All right. That being said, thank you to Carbon Health. Very excited to be with them as always. Let's get into it, everybody. It is the big thing with me. I'm glad that you can join me. Let's do it. What's going on, everyone? Hope you had a great weekend. I got to hang out with some of you this weekend. That's right. If you didn't know, 
I have the um, the old school Schmoes channel, old school movie trivia Schmodown channel was turned into the Christian Harloff and French channel a little while ago, and started kind of experimenting with, with some stuff. And there's some shows on there right now, Sen and um, Brett and Kate, but those shows are probably getting revamped because I think the I think the Streamyard show is going the way of the dinosaur, um, as far as we're concerned on on our network. It just just not as connected. I'm not gonna say there won't be Streamyard interviews and Streamyard conversations with patrons and things of that nature, obviously. But the full show, I just don't think you get the 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 same type of juice you do with people in studio. So we're kind of looking at some new things to do. And one of the things I started trying to do, uh, I started doing a live stream on the other channel for just conversation about really whatever. Yes, on yesterday's I talked about the Chris Rock special for a while. Check that out if you go over there. Um, but it's like an interaction show, and we're going to be renaming that show. And it's like it's it's kind of a just crazy clubhouse experience with the subscribers and people who want to watch it. And just it's like chaos. Like for example, today we're doing one with me and Roxy and Finstock, and that happened because I don't call it the the Schmobot over there. I call it the Robot Fuckface, and we have them over there. And it it's more it's more like a Pee Wee's Playhouse thing, and someone decided they wanted Finstock to co-host the show, so that's what's happening. It's going to be myself and Finstock and Roxy. Someone also said, hey, can you add Roxy as well? I said, great. So three of us are doing one today at one thirty on the Christian Harloff and Friends channel. So if you want to join the chaos, head on over there. Well, actually, the funny thing is this this ep- this might come out afterwards. Though. I don't know. There's a lot of stuff coming out on this channel. The John Wick um, out of the theater reaction that I shot, I can finally release it. That comes out today at 3 p.m. on this channel. So I want to make sure. I don't know what, what I'm going to do yet. And how I'm going to, maybe you see this first, maybe you don't. I don't know. I just don't know, guys. But I do know there was a lot of, um, a lot of stuff happened at the box office. I'll tell you that. Creed 3, 100 million global debut punch, says Dark Horizons, the G-Man himself, Garth Franklin. Creed 3 not only took the best domestic opening for the entire Rocky franchise, but it delivered a big punch in the overseas markets. The Michael B. Jordan-directed film combines anime influences, definitely unboxing scenes mixed with the franchise's more familiar beats of masculine melodrama and training montages. The result was a domestic best opening weekend of $58.6 million. It also went international, 41.8 overseas, living a worldwide opening of 100.4. Made on a production budget of $75 million, the film looks like it'll profit fairly easily and certainly looks to surpass the first two Creed films, which had a total worldwide gross of $173 million and $214 million, respectively, over their entire runs. Um, so, meanwhile, by the way, Ant-Man and the Wasp fell another 62%, only making $12.4 million. We did a whole conversation, by the way, uh, myself and Winston and Coy for Capes and Cows this past week of whether or not Mar- the MCU is in trouble and should kind of move around. I know it's still going to make like $500 million. It's, it's not. It maybe will break even, maybe, with all the marketing costs and everything too. But with, and I know that Thor Love and Thunder made money. I know that Black Panther Wakanda Forever made money. I know that all these movies made money. That's not the conversation we had. We meant as far as like, Marvel would put out a movie and people were like, critically, financially, boom, 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 what's next, what's next, what's next? Now people are just kind of like, eh, last one was okay, that's fine, that show is all right. So we had a whole full conversation on that. And then I don't think people listen, though, when when they're watching shows. I don't think people listen. Because when the, the, I stand by it, when I saw Ant-Man and the Lost Quantumania, 
I think it's an entertaining movie. I like the science fiction side that they that they went to. I think that um, I liked it better than the second one, to be honest with you, because it's more my style. But I said coming out of it, I don't think everybody's going to love this movie. I think it's going to be pretty divisive. I think that they – and they definitely rely too much on CGI. It gets super chaotic and crazy at the end of it. Never changed my stance once. Not once. Stand by that. Said it when I got out of the theater. Said it in the review. Said it in. Said it when I talked to people. Said it when I was on stage with Campia and and Alba. Same stance. Do I think it's a great movie? No. Do I think it's a good movie? Uh, did I enjoy it? I did, and I liked watching it. And I think there's a lot of stuff inside of it. Remind me of Star Wars movie. Some guy goes, "Oh, it's amazing." Olaf changes his opinion. Changes his opinion once the once everybody else starts hating it. Nope. Said the same thing about it. Say the same thing now. I would rather watch that movie a thousand times over than Thor: Love and Thunder. Would rather watch that movie a thousand times over than Doctor Strange. Don't know if you agree or not. You probably don't. Doesn't matter. Same stance. Just listen. It's all you got to do. Just listen. And it's the same thing. You don't have to agree with me. You can absolutely disagree. And I hope that you have the same same way you have conversations about why you don't like it. And I and and I heard a lot of those things. And I heard a lot of eh. And I and I, I said as much when I came out. I don't think a lot of people are going to like this one. But I enjoyed it. I liked watching it. Stand by it. Same thing. Same thoughts. But it doesn't change the fact. That there's a lot of problems going on with Marvel right now, and they need to change it. They need to get it from just people going, eh, it was entertaining, I enjoyed it, to that was awesome, that was great, what's next, how are they going to move it? Because that's not the consensus with everyone else. And that's a conversation that we had for quite a while on um, Capes and Cows, big thing. So if you have a chance, check that out. But it does not do well. does not do well. It, Creed 3 takes it, takes the, what, what was the what was the second, though? Meanwhile, the third week, Ant-Man was it number two? I'm not sure, but it doesn't matter. Just said the film doesn't have appear to have the legs, uh, Ant Man. That is, and the marketplace to become. Wait, the film doesn't appear to have legs, and with the marketplace about to become saturated, it may end up one of the softest grossing Marvel films in a long time. Definitely, Cocaine Bear dipped just fifty four percent in the second weekend to further eleven million domestic total, forty one point two million, and a further ten million overseas. Yeah, but that's that's what I'm saying. Is a movie like that, it, it plays with the right budget. All face a fully packed release slate over the next few weeks. Scream, 65, Shazam, John Wick Chapter 4, Dungeons and Dragons, and all that, Super Mario. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it, Creed 3, you, the, this is my, I don't know yet what I'm going to title this episode yet, but one of the things I kind of tinkered with was Michael B. Jordan's already been talking about making Creed 4. He, he really brought that up. He said that he was going to do it. Said he's going to have that, um, and then I had a chance to talk to some of the people who were like, "Well, we never really confirmed that yet." Michael B. Jordan has said that a couple times, but we haven't just con- we haven't confirmed it yet. But it seems like now they're definitely going to confirm it with a with a strong opening like this. It's going to happen. And there are reports, which I believe, that Michael B. Jordan held out until the last second that he could get Sly for a cameo. He tried his hardest. I do not, and I've been emphasizing this every time I talked about Creed. I do not think that any of this slide drama has anything to, regardless of what Frank Stallone says. I think that Michael B. Jordan has nothing to do with this. I think that he definitely wanted to try to get Sly in it. I think that he definitely tried to try to you know mend those fences. And um, I think that it's all it's this beef with Aaron Winkler that Michael B. Jordan has no control over because that's a business deal that the two of those guys made years and years and years and years ago before Michael B. Jordan was even a thought in the world. Um, and I think um, I think it's a it's it's a problem. However, I do think because Michael B. Jordan has made different deals 
I think that he's going to be able to find a way to get Sly to come back to do the fourth movie. I think you got him. I liked that Adonis Creed stood on his own, and it was his own story, and he didn't it, it didn't need to rely on Rocky, and it certainly proved that's going to be the that's going to be the comments. Well, why does he need Sly? He just had the best opening of all time outside of it. Why do you need him? Because you can have the the even a bigger opening on the next one if you get him back because of the story that's happening and because of everything that had happened in in the drama and how public that people like people like drama, but people like also like when when things are you know mended if if done well. And I think and now I don't know if Earl Winkler and Sly are ever going to see eye to eye ever, but I think Coogler. And I think Michael B. Jordan can make it happen because there are times in Creed. I mean, you didn't need Rocky for this story. I mean, you didn't. But there are times that you just feel like he would have been there. And again, I don't want to spoil anything yet, but you just feel like he would have been there. There's a particular moment in general that if you saw the movie, you know what I'm talking about. You're like, yeah, Rocky would have been there for that. And then it seemed like they they kind of, and again, not Michael B. Jordan. I think it was a Winkler call. Um there's just t- times that he, his presence could have been felt a little bit more. And even in the trailer, they, they there was a thing that they mentioned him in a press conference, and it's not in there. I, I remember in the trailer there was a cutout of Rocky in the gym. It's not there. So I think that's probably a Winkler move. Anyway, um, but nonetheless, made a lot of money, did really well, and deserved to do well. It's a good movie. And I think that that's the, the – I think we're going we're gonna to start to see – I think that Marvel's also getting a bad rap where um, you got to understand what they what they also did. You know, Spielberg Spielberg's comments to Tom Cruise recently where he said, you saved Hollywood's ass. Everyone took that as a slight against Marvel. What do you think Marvel was doing? What do you think Marvel was doing? They were, they were saving the theater's ass in a certain aspect, 100%. Absolutely. Shang-Chi and, and, um, and uh, Doctor Strange and... All these movies that came out during the pandemic, uh, I mean, the Sony movie, but Spider-Man superhero movies, absolutely. Batman, The Batman for DC um, absolutely kept the theaters alive. There's no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. Spielberg's, com- you, but you can't sustain on one thing always. You just can't. You can't sustain on it. Because not everybody, and especially if, if there is a decline in people's interest in seeing Marvel, you can't, and comic book movies, you can't sustain that for theater. Top Gun was something outside of the realm, completely. And it made over, what, $1.4 billion or whatever it made. That was what Spielberg was trying to say. Spielberg was saying, you saved Hollywood's ass because it brought in, it's, it's something else. It's not just the same formula that is getting people in. It's something else. Um, but you know, anyway, I, I think that movies like John Wick, which is tracking pretty good scream March is March is a, is a, I've been using this word a lot, but it's like a soup of a whole bunch of different genres. And, and that's a lot because a lot of stuff got pushed from 2022 into 2023, but man, March is solid. I mean, like I, I, my reaction, my out of the theater reaction for John Wick will be up today, so you can check out my thoughts, my initial thoughts on that. Um, I'll just say I think that movie's going to do very well. Shazam not tracking really well because of all the stuff I think with DC and and a lot of other things, and um, we'll see how that does. Scream I think will do really well, especially the hype already for the six ones coming out. And I'm I'm not a big Scream 
I mean, I love the first movie, and I'm not like you know, Perry Nemeroff and Jeff Snyder and 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 everyone who who's just like diehard. But I will tell you that this trailer for the for the most recent one looks pretty damn good. Looks really good. I'm excited to see it. Um, and then Dungeons and Dragons. I'm curious about. I'm really curious about that one. But March is just stacked. And then you have you also got TV with uh, the Last of Us coming up. You got one more episode of left of the Last of Us, and then keeping it into the Pedro Pascal camp. You got the Mandalorian episode two is fantastic of the Mandalorian. So good! I can't wait for you guys to see it. It's so good. That comes out um on Wednesday. So, um, all right, next story. All right, this one's interesting because if you've been following the, the, the movie news a lot, especially if you follow like the, the superhero movie news and you know that the Hulk, even though they can use him in the MCU, they can't give him his own standalone movie. And the same is for, for Namor. That just is part of the deal that kind of came down. But this is from Dark Horizons again. They say Citigroup analyst Jason Bazinet floated the possibility that Disney could secure the rights to the Marvel characters held by Comcast, such as Hulk and Namor, as part of a sale of its 67% stake in Hulu. According to The Wrap, the Wall Street analyst has a buy listing on Disney shares and says the studio's most recent results left him thinking it would look to shed Hulu. This has been a rumor that's been going around for a bit, though. That then, I mean, I think Iger even said it on one of his calls. He's not opposed to trying to uh, selling Hulu. The analyst wrote that they believe the company is less interested in a mass marketing DTC offering that raises the possibility that Disney may sell its Hulu stake. Under a 2019 agreement, Disney can buy out Comcast's remaining 33% stake in Hulu as early as January 2024, and Comcast can require that Disney do so. But they suggested that a deal might be in the offering, and certain Marvel characters could well be part of it. Quote says, while Disney owns all of Marvel IP, Universal has distribution rights to Hulk and Namor. As such, if Disney makes a Hulk or Namor film, Comcast can distribute the film on Peacock. If Hulu is sold, Disney may use this as an opportunity to secure the distribution rights. So that's the ultimate deal. So they can make these solo films. They just have to share it. Maybe now they don't don't have to do that anymore if they do this sale. Hulu is a valuable asset with 44% of U.S. internet households subscribed to Hulu in the third quarter of 20. 22 with an average revenue per use of $12.46. Disney shedding Hulu wouldn't be that out of left field. Hulu has no footprint overseas. Disney incorporated its Hulu original offerings and Fox library into a section of the Disney app named Star in all international markets where it's worked just fine. The U.S. could follow suit. That's interesting. The analysts say that Hulu's price tag could come in anywhere between $19.8 billion and $27.5 billion. Holy moly. Yeah, I think they're going to sell it. I think they're definitely going to sell it. And I think for that last point, it's not like they're going to lose all their shows. Bear and all that stuff, you just got to find you, you you put it on you put it on Disney Plus and you just put it on that adult thing. I mean, that's like, look. Yeah, people are going to have to see you put in that code to watch the adult stuff, and that's what it is. And what happens? We get 19.5 billion dollars out of it. Deal with it, parents. That's what it's going to come down to. And in in the case then they can also make a little bit more money cuz they make solo, you know, Hulk films or a solo Namor film, especially after where does um, start turning that one? I think, um, yeah, I think this is going to happen. I think it's definitely going to happen. I don't know. What do you guys think? Think it's going to happen? I don't know. I'll tell you what should happen. You guys should be signing up to AG1. AG1 by Athletic Greens, man. They're so good. They're so good. And this is the other one. The other 
this is my wife this morning takes it takes all these vitamins and I go how do you do that I I can't take a whole bunch of vitamins I like doing it all in one shot that's what I do with athletic greens I love it I take it all the time every day you guys know that I mean how long I've been talking about athletic greens now athletic greens it's it's better gut health it's increased energy it's you know for me it's the sleep quality that's what I've been doing the sleep quality is the best you can do it right you can whether you're working out or before you're making your coffee Whatever you're doing, you, it's you feel ready to go, and it's it's like it's the health kick. It really is between my my diet that I have, which I'll tell you about later, and then uh, and athletic greens. I've been doing good. I've been I've been having good energy. People have been noticing that. I like that. It helped me with my energy. And why do you want to take a whole bunch of different things? You just take this, and that's it. You put it. In a, I take it in a bottle of water, and I shake it up, and I love it. And AG1 was designed with ease in mind so you can live healthier and better with having to do a lot. People love it. Uh, Katie Sackoff is, like I said, she's coming in on Monday, and I talked about Athletic Greens on the show, and she loves Athletic Greens. And I'll talk, and she, I'm going to leave that in the show when she says it, of course. It's delivered to me every month, very easy to make it a daily habit. So if you're looking for an easier way to take supplements, Athletic Greens, it gives you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. But you have to go to athleticgreens.com slash big thing. All right, once again, thank you to our friends over at Athletic Greens, AG1. I'm seeing a lot of comments. I just saw somebody tweet it, uh, what was it, this morning, how they, they signed up for Athletic Greens, they got it, and they tagged Athletic Greens. Um, do me a favor, next next person who gets Athletic Greens and gets it, tag myself and Athletic Greens again, tell them you signed up, and then say, hey, by the way, Athletic Greens, why don't you follow Christian Harloff? How about that? Been with them for a while. doesn't matter if they do or not. They're amazing. I love them. They're really great. Um, and I'm glad that so many people are trying them and, and liking them. That's what I keep seeing. I keep seeing people liking them and loving them. And that's and that's great. You should. They're fantastic. Um, all right, let's move on. All right, I'm excited about this one. Two series that I'm really looking forward to, Daredevil and the Penguin. The Penguin probably, for me, a little bit more of the anticipation because of just what Colin Farrell... I've always been a massive Colin Farrell fan in general, but what he did in uh, in The Batman was just, I think, I think underrated, to be honest. I know when people talk about him, they talk about how great he was in the movie, but it's not brought up enough. It really isn't. But anyway, this is, um, again, Dark Horizons, a whole different kind of DC vs. Marvel as production has officially gone underway on both HBO Max's the Batman spinoff series The Penguin and the Disney's MCU set series Daredevil Born Again. Colin Farrell has been photographed on set and back in makeup as Oswald the Penguin Copplepot, who is do- who is donning a purple jacket this time out for the eight-episode Penguin series, which takes place shortly after the events of The Batman, with the death of Carmine, Carmine Falcone and Part of Gotham City still somewhat flooded. A fight for control of Gotham's underworld is underway as the Penguin, Carmine's daughter Sophia Falcone, and arrested mob boss Salvatore Maroni, Clancy Brown, battle for control. Love that. So they, uh, there's, that's what, and they have um, Craig Zobel, who did Mayor of Easttown, directing the first two episodes. That's fantastic. Now, Daredevil, Born Again, will consist of a mass of 18 episodes and will reportedly require around 254 days of shooting with the shoot beginning today set across the rest of the year, ending on November 15th. 
That's a lot of days. The series sees Charlie Cox and Vincent D'Onofrio reprising the roles of Murdoch and Fisk, respectively, and set images of Cox at work have begun to pop up on social media. Michael Gandolfini, yes. Uh, Sandrine Holt and Mar- Margetta Lavia, definitely didn't say that right, all co-star. Kevin Feige, Matt Corman, and Chris Ward serve as executive producers, which follows on from appearances by Cox in Spider-Man No Way Home and She-Hulk Attorney at Law, and D'Onofrio and Hawkeye, and the upcoming Echo. Um, yeah, I think that this is this is also, you know, one of the things that we talked about, as I mentioned, with Capes and Cows, was that what you want to hope is that, whether it's Feige, Disney, all the producers, all the writers, are paying attention to the audience as far as not not just people who are just, tweeting and all that kind of crap because that can get that can just be people screaming into an echo chamber which is you know uh, sometimes sometimes it's just not effective even though they think that it's going to be however money talks bullshit walks and you got to pay attention so i was thinking about today as as, again even though i enjoyed watching ant-man for what it was they could have probably made that a lower budget kind of science fiction kind of really inception type film with time travel being the major device on it with what Kang is able to do and using his his manipulation of time a lot different way and, and made it more less about the spectacle and more about you know the science fiction uh, more more I just more really deep dive science fiction stuff and not just worry about people having to see the big spectacle now I hope that they They've made, they've gone out of their way in interviews to show how different this is going to be from the Netflix series. That has also, as far as Daredevil goes, a lot of people have been going. I don't know. I mean, they they obviously can't do a full on rated R crazy show like that on Disney Plus. I mean, maybe they could, if you, especially if you're looking, if you're going down the Hulu route. But they're not going to. Is the point? They're not going to. Like Daredevil's gonna, I mean, Deadpool's gonna be rated R. They're not gonna change that. It's been established inside of the movies, but they, their version of it, Kevin Feige's version, he didn't have anything to do with that series alone. You know, he didn't. And he, but he knew and he recognized that people really love Charlie Cox and really love D'Onofrio in these roles. I thought they butchered Kingpin in that Hawkeye series. I thought, he, I mean, he he is terrifying in the Netflix series, it's like terrifying. He's a and I love D'Onofrio. It's just kind of goofy and not terrifying at all. I know it's maybe like, the, you know, the way you can explain it now is that they're variants. And it's just a different version of them now. And that's what they're going to do. But, like, I hope, I really do hope that they, they, try to, they try to go back to what made these earlier movies and early, like, dive deep into the character development of it all. We don't need an origin again. We don't need that. We have it. But dive deep. And I hope within 18 episodes. That's scary. 18 episodes can, and unless there's like a clear cut thing that they really, they, they have a story they want to tell and they've written it out and it's going to really dive deep and a lot of character development and things of that nature, 18 episodes could serve it well. 18 episodes could also add you a lot of filler. It's a lot of episodes. I mean, they got they had to pitch the hell out of that thing to get 18 episodes. 18 episodes is a lot, a lot of episodes just to, in comparison, The Last of Us is finishing up episode nine, which with their season finale next week. Now, you would assume at eighteen episodes they're going to stick with this 
thing that I, I mean, a lot of people aren't fans with, but half an hour episodes or 35 minute episodes like Mandalorian's been doing and some Marvel shows. But I think at 18 episodes, I think 35 minutes, you'd be a little bit more forgiving because there's, there's so many of them and it's so quick. I would assume, I mean, 18 hours of a, of a season, man, that's a lot. That's a lot. Streaming series, you don't normally get that a lot. Uh, speaking of The Last of Us, I have my spoiler review up today. And um, you can see all my thoughts on, on that. It's up there now. It's so, so good. It's so good. And I'm, I've been playing the video game. Um, and I actually had played, I, w- I was playing the game up until the points where I didn't want to get spoiled. But I did the opposite last week. I played through it and then watched what I played. So if you saw the episode that happened, I'm not going to spoil anything, so you don't have to, you don't have to fast forward. But I, I, I was watching it with different eyes last night when I was watching. I was watching as somebody who did play the game first as opposed to someone who was playing the game through it, you know. And, um, and I really enjoyed it. It, it just it, it, it absolutely made me want to just keep saying more so every single time on, I'm on Sith Council, please, 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 Star Wars, adapt your damn novels. You have all of these stories. Do what they're doing. Adapt Knights of the Republic. Adapt it into a freaking nine-hour series for Disney+. Plus. You have it. It's right there. It's one of the most popular video games of all time. It's one of the most popular Star Wars games. I hope that The Last of Us really, really inspires people to do stuff like this. Not just Star Wars, but in general. There's so many. Like Naughty Dog alone. I wish I... I mean, let... I, I, I still think... I understand why they went for a movie with Uncharted. I really do. It's a big action piece. I didn't mind that movie. Same thing, like I said, with, um, with uh, you know, Ant-Man. I didn't mind it. It, 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 didn't, it, was a cotton cur- it was a cotton candy version of what it could have been. could have been so much better. Could have been a, it could have been a series. If developed longer over the course of, what is it, four games? They could have done so many. They could have done, like, five seasons easily. Easily. It would have been great. Um, and I love Mark Wahlberg, but he completely miscast this Sully. Completely miscast. But I just hope that they start to do this type of stuff and see what The Last of Us can do is that you can adapt, you can stick to the story, you can, you know, deviate a little bit to make it a little fresher, you know, and not do a, not do a complete shot-by-shot remake. But Last of Us proved, especially with last night's episode, you can, you, can, you can do the game, make your changes, and still make it a pretty phenomenal show. It's exactly what they've done thus far. Um, all right, let's, let's move on. All right, this is the one I got to talk about. The Flash synopsis was released. Warner Brothers Pictures has released a new plot summary for the upcoming The Flash film, which goes into a bit more detail about how the new film story works. The new synopsis appears alongside the listing for a new 12-inch statue of Michael Keaton's Batman in The Flash film, which was unveiled at McFarlane's Toys. McFarlane Toys, excuse me. According to the listing, the film sees Barry Allen arriving in an alternate 2013 where he urgently seeks out the expertise of his friend and mentor Bruce Wayne. However, the one he finds in the multiverse is different on all fronts. Older, long retired from service as Gotham City's protector and somehow even more hardened than the billionaire superhero Barry has grown to know. With a global threat on the horizon, Bruce Wayne must decide whether he can become Batman once more. That's pretty cool. 2013 timing is deliberate, of course, the year Man of Steel came out, which would explain the return of Michael Shannon's General Zod, but not the lack of Henry Cavill's Clark Kent. 
Sasha Cowell's Kara Zor-El Supergirl fills that niche here, seemingly changed in the way Batman has from Barry's perspective. The trailer released last month indicated there are no other superheroes. West Side Story and Shazam! Fury the God star Rachel Ziegler recently revealed to Slash Film that she tried out for Supergirl in the film, but I was not right for it, which led to her scoring the Shazam! sequel role. Ben Affleck, Ron Livingston, uh, Maribel Verdu, Kiersey Clemens, and Angie Trout co-star in The Flash, which will open in cinemas on June 16th. Uh, so this is pretty interesting. It's a good start here. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, I like the idea that the, the Batman that we see, it makes sense. He goes to 2013, and then that's the, that's the Batman that's helping. So that answers a lot of questions right off the bat. Pun intended, I guess, there. But that that that, that absolutely answers a lot of questions, right? It's not like, oh, well, is this the Bruce Wayne that happens after all the events of the Justice League? Nope. Happens in 2013. Great. I know exactly what I'm getting into. Is it a major spoiler? It is not. Let's me know. Okay, so that's how they're playing this particular thing. Why why he goes back there, we'll figure that out. But they don't reveal a lot of details about uh, Michael Keaton. But in this version, it's not Kal-El. It's Kara. Okay, I have enough information that I know. I don't need any more. I'm good. He's Now he's got to figure that something happens inside there. So Bruce is going to help him out. But then, he's, then he winds up going somewhere else to go find the Bruce Wayne that we know from Tim Burton's Batman. This movie is, I'm telling you, man. And I get it. I, I, I've gotten into some conversations with people who are just still, they just don't know they can get past the Ezra Miller of it all. And I get it. I had a long conversation with Campia. Um, I don't know when it was. I think when I did his last show. And I said, and I, and I still, I'm, I'm telling you guys, I think this is just the way business works. I don't think that Ezra Miller should return as The Flash after this. I just don't. I think it's bad. I think it's, it's, and, and nothing, look, I don't know, any investigation hasn't even happened. I have no idea. I just think for everything that they're going to be setting up in the future with the DCU, they don't, they don't need it. They don't need the, the headache. And I hope that they all, look, and like I said, and I stand by this, there was an investigation and it turns out that a lot, that Ezra Miller did a lot of just horrific, horrendous stuff. They should pay for everything that they did. They should try to get help, but they should they should absolutely have there should be consequences. There's no doubt about it. It turns out they find a way that they find the help that they need. I hope they get you know that kind of. I always root for people to get help, and I always root for people to get back on track. And if again, whatever it might be. But business wise, it should be that's it. No more no more of the flash for you. That that's that's my opinion. You might have a different opinion. Now, when I said the campia, which I still I don't doesn't mean that I that I that I trust Hollywood in and I shouldn't say Hollywood, I should say business in general. Because here's what I believe will happen. They are not making any calls right now or any decisions of who is coming back, minus Henry Cavill, who is coming back and who is not coming back until we see results. Shazam 2 is tracking terribly. And, well, I shouldn't say terribly. I think I'm bomb, but it's, it's not, it's not tracking. It's, it's tracking disappointingly is what we should say. And I think a lot of that has to do with people saying, you know, I don't know if I'm excited to see this movie. I don't know if now with the DCU, the, the first movie was kind of a soft opening, but it didn't cost that much, so it made money. 
you know, and then it, it kind of build up. I liked the first movie. I was, you know, but um, but if that movie doesn't do well, and David F. Sandberg said the same thing. I don't think you see Shazam again, at least not in not in uh, not in this version. You don't see Zach Levi anymore as Shazam, and, and they put that to rest if this doesn't do very well. I think that's easy. The Flash is a very different animal because the Flash from everybody who has seen it on, whether it's people that I know from test screenings, freaking James Gunn himself, other people saying this is one of the best superhero films of all time is what people have been saying. Now, a lot of times people say that kind of stuff to hype it up, but it seems like it's coming from all fronts here. Trailer looked pretty damn good. A lot of people will, will agree to that. The trailer looked fantastic. If this movie winds up making a billion dollars, a billion point four, and there's an opening for a sequel, this is the reason why James Gunn said, we're going to keep the door open. Because there will be a lot of people that might not see the movie because of Ezra Miller. That's very possible, right? And if it still makes a billion dollars, they're going to go, well, a lot of people did see it. That's part one. Part two, there will be a lot of people who see the movie and say, well, I know what's happening, but I don't think Ezra Miller is going to return, so I'll report it, plus I want to see Michael Keaton. That's it. But there will be a lot of people who don't know any of this drama and might hear about it later, might not hear about it at all, that go, Michael Keaton's coming back? And from what I hear, Michael Keaton steals the show in this movie. I think there is a way, not not a way, I think there is a possibility that this movie makes a billion point three million, a billion point three million, yeah, 1.3 billion dollars. And I think that it's very possible that they go, oh, well, there's going to be a sequel. And, they, and they, they feel that they can take the hit on the backlash because clearly there was, you know, people who didn't want to see it, but yet it still made a billion dollars. Now, I don't think that's the move that should be made. But I think if it makes a billion dollars or whatever it does, I think it will be made. Um, and I think you're going to see some angry can't be a ranch if that happens. But I think it's going to happen if it makes that kind of money. And I don't think it should. But that's just my uh, that's just that's just me. What do you guys think? You think I'm I'm there's no chance, or do you think because they said we're keeping the door open for all possibilities? What do you think? I'm so curious to, to hear what you guys think on this one. That's kind of why I think I, I think this is going to be the lead of the show to see if um you know just to, in general the the flash synopsis, which I think is also interesting that we know that there's this and it's again another reason why if the actress who's playing Supergirl steals the show as well as Michael Keaton, people are going to want to see more of her. So, and and if her audition tape was anything, it was so endearing and it was so like just heartwarming watching her get the role with Andy Muschietti. If you haven't seen that, you should check it out. And that way you can do it as, and you could do the flash as an Elseworlds thing now, if you wanted to and still bring in, you know, this other Supergirl project you were going to do and still have her in the flash too. And I'm telling you, and don't be surprised if this happens. And we'll all talk about it here. And it'll be stories that we'll be talking about for the next, you know, three, four years, wherever they decide to do a sequel. But it, there's going to be a lot more than just the opening of this of this movie. Keep an eye on how, the, how this movie does. 
you know, and and it's got it has a week. It's got a week before it has any competition after it hits. So it's going to dominate the first two weeks. It's probably going to make, I think it makes close to two hundred million dollars its opening weekend. I really do. And then I think it make and then it drops and let's let's say it, let's say wor- worldwide I think it could make like four or five hundred million within maybe even more four, yeah, maybe four or five hundred million within the first two weeks because then it's got Indiana Jones and then it's going to start to fall off a little bit but not by much um very interesting to say the least All right, I think I'm going to do uh I'll I'll do let's see let's see what else we got here the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles the uh, the new trailer produced by Seth Rogen just hit and they put out a post the other day and i'll tell you man i uh i I dug this trailer i liked it 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 had that it had that flavor it had that flavor of teenage mutant ninja turtles now there's been so many i'm glad it's not live action to be honest this time around i'm glad that they're going animation with it if they're kind of taking a page out of into the spider-verse for sure Paramount Pictures and Nickelodeon, they premiered the teaser trailer and the poster for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. You got the turtle voices, which are Micah Abbey, Shaman Brown Jr., Nicholas Canto, and Brady Noon, along with Jackie Chan as the voice of Wise Rat Mentor Splinter. That was very smart. The film begins as the Turtle Brothers seek to win the hearts of New Yorkers by performing heroic acts as they hope will get them accepted as normal teenagers. They take on a mysterious crime syndicate with the help of a new friend, April O'Neil, but find themselves over their heads when a mutant army is unleashed. The project marks Nickelodeon's first theatrical CG animated movie. Other cast members are Seth Rogen as Bebop, John Cena as Rocksteady, John Carlos Esposito as Baxter Stockman, Paul Rudd as Mondo Gecko, Ice Cube as Superfly, Rose Byrne as Leatherhead, Hannibal Burris as Genghis Frog, Natasha Dementio as Wingnut, Post Malone as Rafe Fillet, and Maya Rudolph as Cynthia Ultron. Um, yeah, this is... Uh, I. I thought it looked pretty good, and I was. It's one of those things I, I just released a short recently, and and it was from the an episode. Maybe I think it was the Capes and Cows episode where we talked about Terminator, and I and again one of these non listening things. I said that they should go back to the Terminator franchise, and if you're gonna do it, you said it uh, the same way they did in 1984. Again, not necessarily in the year, but in the production of it, and you go low budget with it, and you produce it, and there's an opportunity to make more money. And some of the comments, most of the comments understood what I was saying. Some of the comments, it's not about the budget, it's about a good story. No shit. That's number one. Isn't You have to have a good story with it. But you can turn a good story, a good story can be focused on more if you're not focused on all the big budget nonsense that you have to do. And I think that that's one of the things that by going and looking at the animation that um, that what Seth Rogen has done so very well, whether it's you know being a producer on Invincible and and just things that he's done, he he knows comic book lore, and this is you know the, a comic book all in itself with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and and I like the style of it, and I think that I it, it really captured the essence of of what I liked about. It. I love the fact that you used Tribe Called Quest for the entire thing. Can we kick it? Um, and I'm, I was way more excited about this now than I was beforehand because it was one of those things, the same type of thing I was talking about with Terminator where like, I've just seen it so many different times. What else can you do with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? And I, and I like, I like where they're going with it. I like where they're going with it. And I think it looks pretty good, but what do you guys think? Did you like it? Not like it? Go ahead and give me your thoughts on it. All right. That's Michelle. Short, sweet to the point. Um, I will say again with the, that, that penguin series, man, I can't wait to see what Colin Farrell is going to do. And I love the idea that it takes place right after the Batman to see him kind of just more power, more power, more power. And then 
because of that series, then that'll transfer into the second movie, you hope. I hope Robert Pattinson shows up. I hope Andy Serkis shows up. Can't wait for that series on HBO Max. I'm, I think that's going to be a really... I mean, that that's one of my most highly anticipated series, to be completely honest with you, way more so than I think. One of the reasons also that DC has an advantage to me is because their stuff is... I mean, as the DCU is now starting to come out, they released... They, they talked about what's coming out over the next 10 years, but not everything, right? And then you're going to start to get things gradually where I think that Marvel is now pulling back, which is a smart thing. But like when you're getting something from Marvel all the time and it wasn't a hit, if everything was hitting, and I still said this back in the day when I talked about Star Wars movies, then they talked about doing a Star Wars movie every year. And I said, that could be a great idea. And people are like, well, see, no, you don't want to do it every year because it's you're, you're going you're, you're to get burnt out on it. It's not going to be very good. With the team that they had, absolutely, that's true. Writing team and not knowing a plan and everything, absolutely, that's true. But the concept of it, with the right writers, I mean, look at what Marvel did for years. They were putting out two or three a year, and it was working fine because they had a plan, they had the writing, and they knew what they were going to do. And then they're starting to lose that a little bit, so they're losing the kind of the juice a little bit, right? But they're still making money as far as maybe, you know, Ant-Man excluded from this conversation. All the, a lot of the movies, even though I can't stand that Thor movie, it still made, it still made money. And it still came out the same year, I think, as, as yes, yeah, Doctor Strange. So you can put it, you can put them out if there's a plan. You can do that. But DC, I think the way that they're strategizing now is a good idea. And that's also why I'm excited about the Penguin, because it's like one of their first series. And it's not even included to the damn DCU. It's, a, it's an Elseworlds thing. But it's connected to this Batman universe, which is really interesting. Um, yeah, thank you guys for joining me here today on the show. And as you know, we're also on Spotify. So maybe you're watching this on Spotify right now. Make sure that you, you know, let us know. You can comment on the videos also on Spotify. So please do that. Check that out. If you haven't already subscribed to the channel, show a little class, will you? Do it. Do it now. Get yourself one of those shirts. Join yourself on that Patreon. Do that and more. Got to thank our friends again over at Carbon Health and Athletic Greens, AG1, for joining us here today. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you so much, and we'll see you on the flip side. Peace. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.